Hello and welcome to the Data Protection Tea Break. I'm Kirsty Bugord and in this episode I'll be finding out more about the common mistakes people make when dealing with personal data and how to avoid them, but also why caring for personal data matters so much and why we all need to care more. At the ODPA, we're always looking at how we can help the people in the bailiwick of Guernsey that use personal data for their work or business to make sure what they're doing with that data is done properly. That means that they're looking after the personal data they use or collect and protecting the people at the heart of it, being ethical about what they do and remembering that personal data is about a real person, someone just like them. We want to make it as easy as possible for people to know what they should and shouldn't do and to try to stop things going wrong. We'd rather help people get it right in the first place and make sure that everyone's data is looked after. With that in mind, in early 2023, the ODPA released a document detailing the top 10 common pitfalls that are made when handling people's personal data and explaining the practical steps that can be taken to stop them happening. Ed Chapman, Senior Investigator for the ODPA, wrote the document and is joining me to discuss why he cares so much about how we use people's personal data and why it matters to us all. He'll also run through the basics of the 10 pitfalls and how businesses can use them. So, Ed, thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much, Kirsty. So, you've been involved in some of our most lengthy and involved investigations at the ODPA, and it's clear that you really care passionately about protecting people's personal data. Absolutely. Why is that? I'll tell you why, because... I think we have become slightly desensitised to the value of personal data and and all of us, and we're all prone to that. I worked in hospitality when I was younger, and it's a very common uh, theme you'll hear in hospitality is people, you could become desensitised to customers, and it's it's a natural human reaction. But when you think about the personal data, even the most innocuous personal data like a name, if you think of the value behind that name, so my wife and I recently had our second child and so we've been going through the rigmarole of thinking of names and now we have settled on a name. But the the kind of the thought process and, and the depth in which you think about that name and what that value of that name holds to me and my wife and my son as he grows up and it's just it's just understanding the value and there are situations in which you do understand the value of a name. Um, for instance, if someone's stopped by the police and they're asked for their name, they will be conscious of providing that name. Suddenly that name has a value that maybe it doesn't hold when you're doing a Waitrose online shop or whatever it may be. So it's understanding that even though potentially we have become desensitized, understanding the value of even something as innocuous as a name and work, you know, carrying out these investigations and being involved with, with data subjects who uh, have made complaints to us and seeing the effects it has had on their lives and even even in seemingly innocuous circumstances and seeing that the the harms that can be caused that's where my passion comes from it's helping people but also understanding the value of even seemingly the most innocuous personal data which understandably I think a lot of us don't always see that value and that's normal and understandable but it just means we need to pull ourselves back occasionally and think, okay, this might be a name to me that doesn't mean anything, but to that person, that is hugely, hugely valuable. Their parents thought of that name for months and months, and it has such value to that person and their family. And that's where my passion stems from. You've made some really interesting points there. I mean, I think, but especially when we think about names, where we live makes such a difference to that as well. So, yeah, for example, if you're living somewhere much bigger with more people, 
your name could be quite common and there might be quite a few people with that name. But over yeah. here, we have such a small population. Just a couple of little bits of information, like you say, something that seems so innocuous like your name, can very quickly identify somebody. Exactly, exactly. And I, I'm not saying this if it is if it's easy, just to understand the value. It, 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 I understand, and we're all prone to it, to become desensitised. There's personal data everywhere, and we provide our personal data, you know, multiple places a day. But it's just that thing of pulling yourself back and saying, okay, okay, this is really important. This is really valuable and understanding that value. And that leads on to these 10 common pitfalls, because ultimately, if you understand the value, you're probably going the right way to not falling foul of these common pitfalls. But it all starts with that value, that understanding that value. And once you have that and and you remind yourself of that value, then you know, the rest kind of come falls into place. You're right again about that whole how we are a little bit too removed from it. And a lot of what we do now is done remotely. So a lot of the people who are working with people's personal data probably don't actually see the person. And yeah, that absolutely. makes a difference as yeah, well, it, doesn't it? Because it does. You're not really relating to them in the way of thinking of them as an actual person sat in front of you. Yeah. Because that's maybe some of the things that you're doing with their data. You'd think more carefully about if you could see the effect on them at the time yeah, absolutely or if it were your own data your yeah own, absolutely yeah. and none of this is say you've forgotten the value of personal data it's understandable it's normal it's it's mm-hmm. we're human but it's it's just that getting into the practice of reminding yourself every now and then or however frequently that needs to be how valuable that is and think about how valuable your personal data is or your your children's personal data is and then applying that exactly to the personal data that you're working with or it's also about remembering about that your personal data because how flippantly do we share our name and more you know with people we don't know exactly so we've got to also obviously we're talking about the 10 pitfalls here but we've also got to remember that we're always sharing personal data, even just browsing the internet. We're yeah. probably sharing a lot of information. So we need to think about as well, what kind of information are we just giving out for free for no reason? Exactly, exactly. And, it, and as we know, it's a very, it's when we talk about the value, we're talking about to the person, but commercially, you know, it's a very valuable commodity. It's it's a currency as such. And it's understanding that, you know, that value is, is twofold. It's commercially but also to the people whose personal data you know you're processing it's interesting because when we talk to people about it so if i talk to um, young people in schools and things like that they get the value in terms of money Mm. so they're kind of they're shocked when you when they realize that these huge corporations make billions out of just their information you know these apps and things they're using for free that kind of seems to they get that yeah but they what they really I don't think people get and you can tell me better than I would know but people don't really understand the value of their data or the other people's data until something bad happens it's, yeah absolutely and and it's and that's again none of this is shaming that's completely understandable we live in a digital age social media is so prevalent uh, people sharing details of their lives that perhaps people weren't sharing 20 years ago or how long the case may be so it's, it, like you know it's to reiterate yeah we understand that people become desensitized personal data is everywhere but it's just getting in the practice reminding yourself how valuable that is that's what we're trying to do with this 10 pitfalls isn't it because we exactly. don't want to make anyone we're not trying to shame anybody no no no, no. We, we just want people to get it because you clearly really get it i mean did you get it before you did this job no absolutely absolutely not no I didn't no no I you know it's it's important to say we're not 
you know, we are not all perfect here. We haven't all been data protection savvy since the day we were born. It's been a journey for us and we understand it's a journey for other people too. No, I didn't. I didn't understand the value in the way in which I do now before I, I did this job. But, you know, with the, the resources that we have now around data protection, the, there isn't really the excuse not to, to understand that value. Um, and we understand that people become desensitised and we keep saying that, but it's just reminding yourself of that value. And it's very important, isn't it, for the people working with personal data not to feel they can't come and talk to us. Exactly. Because, Absolutely. Like you spend a lot of time talking to people, you know, helping them understand what yeah. they need to do and to get it right. There's lots of people out there that, you know, I think probably most people want to get it right. Yeah, and we and we understand that, you know, as much as we we carry out investigations, we're also here to help people get it right, and that's equally as important as the investigations. And even in my role as an investigator, you know both go hand in hand if we can help people get it right then there's no cause for investigations hopefully in an ideal world so absolutely we're here to help because sometimes it's understanding what went wrong is part of your job isn't yeah. it because it's clear some you know from what's happened something's gone wrong but if you can you have to try and get to the root of it and there's i'm sure there's hardly ever any malice it's no, just no. somebody went you know made a, a simple mistake that doesn't seem big at the time yeah and it, yeah and you, often you know, with at the conclusion of investigations, you will look back at how the breach occurred, and it's you understand it's not it's not outside the realms of you know completely unbelievable bad practice. It's it it's human nature. It's it's understandable, but it's putting those structures in place that prevent that. You know, human error is still the biggest cause of personal data breaches, and it's about organisations putting in structures and governance mm-hmm. that helps their staff get it right. Yeah, it's about having processes you can follow, isn't it? Yeah. So exactly. if we have like a standard operating procedure or a way that things are done, if those steps are followed, then we know that we can prevent these things happening in the future. Yes. So exactly. this this sounds like the core of this ten pitfalls, doesn't it? Yes. It's about that structure. Definitely, that's exactly it. And we, you know, we can we can go into each various scenario and we will do and give some detail there but ultimately it does come back to that it comes back to the, the value personal data and the structures that are in place within organizations to keep that data safe or, or integrity keep its integrity mm. which do you think are the pitfalls then that you'd like to highlight um in particular the things that have come up that you think maybe obviously we're not going to read the whole document it's no, available no, no. on our website so yeah, you yeah. can go and have a look yeah i think the the three examples I like to go over, and these tend to be, these are all they're all common pitfalls, and that by the very nature of the title. So the first, um, the first common pitfall that we see is with regards to storing of personal data. So the data protection, the Bailey um, Bailey data protection law uh, dictates that organisations need to, this is in layman's terms, keep personal data safe. So that would include things like no access to personal data without the requisite authorization. Um, simple security measures can include, you know, lock cabinets, strong passwords, two-factor authentication, that kind of thing. Um, and actually a kind of case that I'd like to to illustrate the potential harms that can be caused by not keeping personal data or storing it adequately is, is a fairly high-profile pro- one from a few years ago, which would be the... Um, Ashley Madison breach. Ashley Madison being a website that marked itself as facilitating extramarital affairs. It's like a dating website, wasn't it? An international. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Um, 
and that was a high high profile hacking attack where the the integrity of personal data was compromised. And although that's quite an extreme example, but it's to give an example of the potential harms because there were reports as a result of that breach of people taking their lives, data subjects taking their lives. And whilst that's the extreme end of the spectrum, it's for, for organisations to be cognizant of the potential harms. And whilst, you know, hopefully it never gets to that point, but it's understanding that there can be implications that you might not necessarily see when you're first doing your risk assessments it's thinking laterally about those yeah those how far things harms. can go because yeah. the information that was taken in that didn't seem like i don't no. think they had bank details and things did but it's they? the connotation it was of the, these, where it was the membership yeah, yeah exactly mm. so it's thinking laterally so it's like you say it's not just thinking of oh, bank details but it's also thinking laterally okay even by virtue of a breach that a customer being associated with our organization is there is there connotations of that or what the potential risks of that so like we keep saying it's just thinking laterally so not not necessarily focusing on mm. bank details and the type of data obviously we'll exactly. get into it now but that's why we have special category data yes. because some data i think people can understand why the special category data needs special protection yeah but it's that taking that step further from just the general personal data is all important and it all matters exactly and and it and, you know, the implications can be infinite. You, you're never going to think of all of them, but it, it's just it's just thinking laterally about how what the potential harms could be and the connotations and associations. And That's a great example. Mm. Yeah, thank you. What no about thing. any of the others that you've, you've highlighted for us? Yeah, so the next one I would talk about is, and this this is one that people might not expect that we would see um, not uh, best practice, not followed on, um, on every occasion. But this would be redaction. So when when a um, data subjects have a number of rights, one of which is the right of access, so they can make a request to an organisation for copies of their personal data. Um, and often, personal data, as we all know, can be intertwined with with your personal data, intertwined with other people's personal mm-hmm. data. Uh, as is the world now and it's just when um, an organization can in the best faith respond to that request but it's making sure that the personal data provided is appropriate and in some instances we've seen where firstly redactions aren't carried out uh, completely properly so there's um there's a little bit of a uh, a bug is the wrong word but on Microsoft Word sometimes you can block out text mm. and convert to PDF but it can be back mm. can be converted uh, back converted back yes and, and we've, we've seen instances of that so it's being wary of that and conscious of that but also making sure that personal data is appropriately redacted if it's not appropriate that it's shared with the data subject and we have seen instances of third party personal data being shared with a data subject accidentally yeah accidentally. by not being redacted when, yeah when it wasn't it wasn't appropriate and it's on you know the organization are complying to the best of what they think is the best of their ability and, and they're conscious of, of what they're of providing data subject with as much as they think they require but it's it's just again thinking about other people so it's all personal data that's why this is so important isn't it we're giving them a checklist to just say, you know, when you're doing this, just make sure you do these things. Yeah. Because mistakes happen, we're human. Exactly, you know, exactly. We all make mistakes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, what about uh, some of the others that you mentioned? 
Because you said you had three quite Yes. So another common common one that we see is ex-employees taking personal data with them when they leave employment. Now, when you your inclination probably when you initially think of that is it's always done with malice, but it's not it's that's not always the case. Because in you touched on like the remote working now um since the pandemic. So often it's sending personal data to to a personal email address in order that when the employee gets home, they can access it at home. So it's not always done with malice. But again, it's about those organisations putting structure in place and then having policies and processes and making sure they're followed adequately to prevent uh, instances such as that. So I guess one of the important things is for employers to make sure that their staff have the resources that they need so that they're not using personal machines and personal phones um, if we're looking at, you know, people trying to work from home or co- when they're communicating about work, you know, that they've got the proper safeguards in place. So not not using personal email addresses and things like that. Exactly. And t- training your staff is probably at the 10, the 10 common pitfalls is probably the most key because human error is still by some distance the, the most frequent cause of personal data breaches that we see here at the ODPA. So absolutely training of staff is the key. Um for instance, we had uh, a case where a re- retailer installed CCTV to cover public areas of a premises for security purposes. Um, and there was an incident at the premises involving a small number of individuals. And a staff member recorded that CCTV footage on their phone and shared it with a friend. Now, it might be that had they been trained adequately, you know, you can never definitively say that wouldn't have happened. But had they been trained sufficiently, there is the there is the probability that it wouldn't have occurred. Well, certainly if it had occurred, you could quite definitively say that that staff member acted outside of yeah. process. But on this occasion, that training wasn't there. So there's that grey area. There's that grey area mm. of whilst you know bird's eye view it's it's what they did was wrong but actually in terms of the structure of the organization and the governance you couldn't point to anything to say that they acted outside of process so it's it's just about making sure you have those mechanisms in place have the guidelines have the guidelines people understand the rules exactly i think even seemingly obvious things that you think you may not need to um, filter down to your staff it's about ensuring that there's those, like you say, those guidelines in place to encourage because, yeah, like you say, you, you don't know. And that's where we can help again, isn't it? Because if as a business or retailer, whatever it is you do, if you're not sure what areas of risk there are, come and talk to us, isn't yes. it? Because that's how we can help. Exactly, exactly. And we we have drop-in sessions um, every other Wednesday. You can see the details on our website. We, we are here to help. And like we said, if we can help people get it right and we're not in the situation where we're carrying out investigations and ideally that's where we want to be and then you won't have a job i won't have a job <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah it's all about trying to get it right in the first yeah, place isn't it and exactly. help people yes so we've obviously got 10 pitfalls so we yeah. just discussed a, f- a few of them in detail do you want to just run through very briefly what, what they are yeah so the first one is storing personal data, which I've already briefly gone through um, before. So the next one would be remote working, which you touched on earlier. So um, we're all aware post-pandemic people are working from home much more frequently than they were pre-pandemic. So staff should understand how to handle data, personal data, if they're working off-site. 
So for instance, if, if staff are using or using mobile devices, considering things such as two-factor authentication, um, and if staff use their own devices, it's ensuring that staff have security, uh, the organisation have a security policy in place that addresses that. So the next one, this again, and a lot of these will seem very innocuous, but these are the most common breaches that we see here. Um, out of date address book, again, seems incredibly simple, but ask your customers if they change their address or other contact details to update you. And it again, I'll keep saying it seems obvious, but we see it a lot. And this helps reduce the risk that an address or contact details you have for a customer on file is out of date and you can see how that would naturally, in some circumstances, lead to personal data People breach. are really bad at that, aren't they? Really Pe- bad. Letting people know yeah, that they've moved. It's, we can't really emphasise enough how important it is. If you think really. about the stuff that you get sent, medical yeah, you know, yeah. information, and the schools give out a lot of things. So it's so important that people yeah, remember. It is. And, and you know, as well as working here, we're data subjects ourselves. And you think how many organisations or places have have your personal data on file. So, so thinking of all of those places when you do change contact details or addresses, really, it's hard. It is hard. Um, the next one is the unclear and inconsistent naming of doc- documents. So name documents using the same format every time. It, it makes it easier to find the right one um, less, and means that you're less likely that someone will attach the wrong document to an email, which I'm sure everyone can stand. It is a frequent one. You, you do see that it, Emails can be difficult. They can be sent to the wrong places, but but also attachments can be attached to the wrong email and inadvertently person data shared with a yeah. third party as a result. I have to say personally, I always double click on the attachment and just make sure that it's the right one before yeah. I send it and just yeah, have another and look. And that's and it's things, you know, thought processes like that 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 they're safeguards as much as any structure that an organization mm-hmm. can put in place. Uh, the next one, number five, is redacting data, which we, we've already gone over. Um, number six is template. So if you use template documents, make sure you create a new copy of it every time. I'm terrible for this, to uh, be completely honest. And avoid overwriting overwriting a previous document. And you, you may think, well, how does that time with a personal data breach? But blank templates should be stored away from pre-populated ones to avoid someone seeing this information by mistake. So it's about that unauthorised access. So, so yeah, it's keeping it away from pre-populated ones so it's clear that's a blank template and that can be used from yeah. fresh. Uh, number seven is access controls. As we know, not everyone within an organisation needs access to all personal data. So staff should only have access to the personal data that they need to carry out their role. Number eight is the training of staff, which we've already touched on. Number nine is disposal of personal data. So whenever disposing of anything that may have personal information on it, make sure it is properly destroyed. So if it's paper files, it's ensuring they're shredded. Um, Software design or using software design to permanently wipe data off devices. Simply deleting the files does not fully erase the data. And number 10 is ex-employees. So ex-employees taking data with them is a common type of personal data breach we see at the ODPA and not always done with malice. Sometimes, as we've talked about remote working, personal data can be shared to a personal email address of an employee so that when they get home, they can access it. So it's not always done with malice. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not, but it's about having those mechanisms, processes, um, standard operating procedures in place so staff know how to appropriately share that data. And I guess it's also about having that environment where people feel safe telling their employer, 
you know, maybe if things have gone a little bit exactly, wrong or they've, exactly. they've got something that maybe they shouldn't have. Yeah. It's about having that open policy, openness, so that, you know, because often we hide things, don't we, if we think we've done yeah. something wrong, because I guess that's human nature. Yes. But actually we need to be open and we, do, we need to yeah. encourage people to feel they can we do, talk because, about it. And the earlier, you know, breaches will happen. Like we said, human error is still by far the biggest cause of personal data breaches. But the earlier people are aware of that post-age breach, the quicker those mitigation mitigating um, actions can be put in place. And, and you know, there's, there's lots of mitigation that can be done that can hugely reduce the risk of harm posed to, to individuals. So you're completely right. And again, it's about telling everyone out there, we're here to help. And again, the sooner they come to us if something's happened, the, the sooner we can help exactly. to put it yeah, right. Ex- exactly, yeah. yeah. Ed, thank you so much thank you very for talking much, to me. Hopefully um, everyone listening has found that useful. I found it really interesting because although obviously I am immersed in this, there's still a lot there I didn't know and didn't really think I, about. I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> um, and so thank you everyone for listening. Uh, the 10 pitfalls document is available on our website at odpa.gg. So please go there and have a look if you want to have a look at the document itself. And also don't forget to have a listen to any of the other Data Protection Tea Break podcasts that we've got. Um, You'll find a list on our website and obviously you can listen to them through your normal podcast provider. So thanks for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.